Part 1. Chapter 1. Casalvieri, Italy, 1943. The Germans arrived one fall morning and took control of Casalvieri without a single shot fired. I woke up to voices coming from downstairs. I was close enough to understand parts of the conversation, but some of the words were spoken with a thick foreign accent that I had never heard before. It was not a strange thing for me then. My father was the unofficial leader of the village, a village too small really to have any kind of government, and he frequently had visitors coming to him, some at all hours of the morning or night. There were two rooms upstairs. One was for my father, the other for me, my sister, Iola, and my brother, Emidio. Looking over at their bed, I could see they were still asleep, huddled together for warmth. I kicked off the sheets and put on a heavy sweater, then my shoes. Halfway down the stairs, I could glimpse the big table in the kitchen where our family ate all of our meals. It was a thick, sturdy table, with dents and scrapes that lightened the dark, rich wood, and marked the many years of use it had seen. My father had been born on that very table, and we had literally grown up around it. My first image of the visitors was the shoulder of a gray uniform and a matching gray hat with a black visor. Not knowing much about armies and uniforms, I nonetheless knew enough to recognize the clothes as belonging to a soldier. And then I heard another language, thick and guttural, with occasional sharp-sounding words. And I knew. There had been much talk recently of the Germans establishing a line of defense across the middle of Italy. Casalvieri was several miles north of Mount Cassino, the highest point in central Italy with a commanding view over the Mignano Gap, the most direct route north to Rome. Whoever owned Mount Cassino owned the Mignano Gap, and whoever owned the Mignano Gap owned the right of passage from southern Italy to Rome, and whoever owned Rome owned Italy. This is what the men talking with my father had said. I hadn't completely understood it all, but I felt like I knew the basics. The talk had centered on the threat of an Allied capture of Sicily and other islands in the Mediterranean, and how they would work their way up to us. If it was true, the Germans would be taking over small towns like Casalvieri along a line cutting east to west, across Italy. Judging from the presence of German officers in our kitchen, I assumed the talk was true. As I continued down to the bottom of the stairs, my father's voice boomed out, Benny, come, come meet our guests. I walked into the kitchen and eating area, one long room that functioned as our primary living space. At one end of the rectangular room stood the table, and at the other end was the fireplace, over which we cooked all of our meals. On an iron rack next to the fireplace hung the pots, pans, and cooking utensils. My father was standing next to the kitchen table with two men. One was a big man with a full belly, silver hair, and a ruddy complexion. He was tall, well over six feet, and I could see small veins in his cheeks, usually the sign of too much drinking. The other man was thin and pale, with fair hair that matched the colorless gray of his eyes. He was tall, but not as tall as the first. Next to them, my father looked even shorter and rounder than he normally did. This is my daughter, Benedetta, 
My father said, Benedetta, this is Colonel Wolf. I shook hands with a large, ruddy man. And this is Lieutenant Becker, my father said, and I shook hands with the thin German soldier. A beautiful daughter, Wolf said, as the men took their seats at the table. How many children do you have, Signor Calesimo? He had a heavy accent, but his Italian was surprisingly good. His voice was gravelly, and he sounded tired, but there was a pleasant smile on his face. Three, Papa said. Und your wife? She died with the fourth. I had retrieved the coffee pot from the small wire hook that held it over the fire. The metal was chipped and dented, scratched here and there, but it still worked. Like my father, it had survived and showed its years, but kept its history to itself. He rarely spoke of Mama, and I knew that he wished not to.